And we're here on the KNM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Detroit Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. All right. For those who thought we were going to do a podcast Monday, we did do one. It was going to go up today. But information happened last night, so we we jettisoned that one. You'll never see it again. You'll never hear it. It's going into the uh, cloud, and you'll never hear from it. It was a great half an hour that you too bad will never hear, and you'll probably never recover from it. But we'll try to get you that plus what we're going to do today. So, Mike, we're doing double duty this week. Well, you know what? Someday that tape of that that show we did will be as famous and as valuable as the Van Gogh that's uh, right, the Van Gogh. <laughs> and somebody will be called and say we stole it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Michael here, I talked to you the other day before we were doing our original podcast, and I said it's 100% certainty, and I never should do 100% because nothing's 100%, that Ben Johnson would not be back. Too many teams wanted him. He's the perfect uh, guy in the NFL now, the young coordinator that's offensive that everybody wants to hire, the Sean McVay type. And I was sure he was going. I was thinking about replacements. I was thinking about we were going to do a show. Who are the replacements? Will it be in-house or outhouse? Now, last night, Tom Pelissero puts out Ben Johnson's returning. Now, it hasn't been official about Ben Johnson or the Lions yet, but we'll take it as that he's coming back. Is this good news or great news? Well, it, it's good news. And, you know, I write for the Detroit for, for the Detroit Lions website, DetroitLions.com, and they have not released any information on this yet, which is the way they do things. It's, 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 eventually it'll come out. But I would say that there's no doubt that he's coming back as far as, I don't know, as far as you can go with no doubt of anything. I think it's good news for the Detroit Lions. I think it's really good news because, you know, like you said, continuity is important, and I think you get some continuity. And obviously with this, with, with, with Ben Johnson, Kenny, he's he's really in the year and a half that he's been the play caller, or, or yeah, I'd say in the year and a half that he's been really the number one man on the offense. He's really developed a rapport with the quarterback, with the offensive lineman, with the wide receivers. Everybody just seems to think that this is the guy they want back running their running their offense. Yeah, and um, I think that more importantly than that. You don't want to make too many changes. You got like a little role going now. You know, you got a little role going with the team. If they played seven more games, they'd win five of them. If they had seven more games in the season, that's just the way the team was rolling at the time. And I just, you don't want to change anything going into the next camp. You know, you want to pick up where you left off. I know there'll be probably a 33% changeover in personnel, but you still want to pick up where you left off. You got your core group and you're all push in one direction and bring a new offensive coordinator in, even if it's one that was on staff, it's going to take a time to get used to that person. I just think this is, this is great. And on the other side, I think he realized he wasn't ready to be a head coach yet. I mean, like you said, Mike, he's been, he was a tight end coach two years ago and he's had one year, really full year of being offensive coordinator and a little half that they did together. But this is what kills me with people. Head coaching is more than just I can call offensive plays or I'm good at it. You got to manage a whole team. You have to do a lot of things, and there's a lot to being a head coach that doesn't have anything to do with the calling plays or offense. And I think that he probably wants to sit and learn from Dan Campbell for another year. You know, I think that there are things that Dan Campbell did in his first two years as head coach that if you were on that staff, a young young player on that staff, that you could look back in the first year and say, Nah, I'd, I'd do that. I wouldn't do that. I'd do that. I wouldn't do that. And it might be 50-50. Not saying it would be, but 
In other words, you, but you would watch and learn. But in the second year under Dan Campbell, there'd probably be a lot less things that you wouldn't do and a lot more things you would do because I think Dan Campbell really, really grew into that position, grew into that job. I think there were, you know, less loose loose threads, uh, you might call them, on, on his method of operation. I thought by the end of end of the 2022-23 season, I thought Dan Campbell had established himself as a legitimate, NFL head coach. Yeah, now we'll see where it goes in the future, Ken. Right. You never know. Nothing's one hundred percent. But what you're yeah, talking we, about is exactly what I thought I was going to see from Matt Patricia from year one to two, which you never saw it. You know, yeah, you thought the second year of Matt Patricia would be like this, what what happened this year that the growth would come, blah blah blah, and it just never happened. It just like even regressed to me some ways as a coach. You know, I would agree with that. There never was a firm connection with the key members, the key players on the on that on that, on that roster, and you know, and you heard some things that that, that some of the uh, some of the assistant coaches just didn't didn't like his method of uh, operating, uh, motivating, or whatever you want to call it. And listen, once you once you've lost lost that, you have no chance. You really don't. You have absolutely no chance. But I agree with you. You know, look, they were six and ten the first year. And won and beat the Packers in Green Bay in the final game of the season. And I thought that day, okay, you know, he had his, you know, he had his mulligan. We'll come back in his second year, and and he has something to build on. But it never worked. No, never. it just never worked. And this is another thing. I'm going to tell you about this Dan Campbell comparison, and it's eerie. But I want you to follow along with me. That Lake Erie. Yeah, Lake Erie. Dan Campbell learned from what coach? Who was his mentor? Well, he learned from a lot of them. No, the one his head coach in, in um, New Orleans. He learned from Sean Payton. Sean Payton was the one yeah, that Sean came Payton. and told yeah, him, I'll, sure. do every, I'll teach you everything you know. Sean right. Payton learned under the wing of who before he got the job? Parcells. Parcells. I think. Now, Bill Parcells. Go look at Parcells' first year and his second year and look at Dan Campbell's first year and second year. I don't know where they're going to go from this point, but just look up the records. You'll be amazed. Just I'm all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna let this is homework for everybody. Go look at the records of Dan Campbell's first two years and look at Bill Parcells' first two years. That's all I'm saying. It's very close, Mike. Very close. And it's the well, same way. Parcells had a bad first year, real bad. I remember I read somewhere where Parcells said, "I thought I was gonna get fired." You know, he was telling his coaches he thought that was gonna yeah. be it. And then the next year, he had a turnaround year, and the program went from that point. Uh, now, we'll see how this one goes, but it's s- s- eerily similar. So we'll see. But this is the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, you get that first mulligan year, like you said, Mike, where you learn things as a new coach. Right. And then you apply them, and if the good coaches get better and the ones that don't work, you know, fade out. So that's what I'm impressed with with Dan Campbell's year this year. No, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all, Kenny. And, and you know, also he had that six or eight or ten games as an interim head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He tried a couple of things there, but at least he got he got his he got a sort of got his feet wet in being a head coach. Now I don't know carrying forward exactly how much value he got out of that, but he certainly had to get some. Yeah, it wasn't like he didn't win games that year either. He won games. I forgot what his record was. It was a it was a below five hundred record, but he actually it wasn't like he went under you know unwon like. When Bevel took over, you know, and didn't win no. the game, he won. They actually won games for him. So, anyway, we'll talk about Dan Campbell another time. Dan Campbell is pretty much and, and please, 
I watched the Manning cast. Okay, the kneecap biting stuff is okay. It's played out now. We understand that was two years ago. Can we move on from that? Everybody in the country knows. Everybody, you can do your little joke when you come on. But okay, we he's done more stuff since then, and the team has done more stuff. Can we move on past that now? Oh, I hope so. I've been wearing knee pads to practice. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, offensive uh, continuity is good. They're coming back. Defense is where I think the main issues with this team in the offseason, I think Brad Holmes is going to address those first, early, and often. And I I mean before the draft, too. I think free agency is going to be a – I don't know how many players he's going to get, and I don't know how – high-end or middle-range middle or low-end players he's going to get. But I think he's going to try not to be dependent on the draft to have to fix the defense. I think he's going to make some moves, you know, in the free agency. Well, I think so. I think you mentioned this uh, a couple of times, and, uh, and, 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 so, and I was there to hear it when he was talking about the defense. If, you know, they had to address the defense and free agency and the draft. And he says, we were 32nd in the league. <laughs> Right. It's obvious. Right. You know, he's not. You know, he can he can count. He's not stupid. Right. And yeah, obviously, look, they went. You know, in, in terms of the draft last year, you know, they went big on, on on defense. They had eight draft picks, and six of them, including the top two, were all top top two and a third rounder, were on defense. And so they, they need more. That's 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 just the way it is. Yeah. And, but the thing I, that I also people need to be aware of and get ready for is there might be some favorites fan favorites that might be backups and not on the team next year. Because if you're going to improve the defense, there's some names out there that even though fans like them and they're decent players, their position can be improved. And I just wonder, are people ready for that? Because this is the time, Mike, where you get the, you know, uh, brass tax line where I got to improve the defense and I got to, I'm sorry, but you, you're adequate, but we got to get good at that position. So I don't. I don't really consider that an issue at all. I just think that's the nature of pro football, you know, with a 53-player roster and the practice squads and all that. There's they come and go, and and the players get used to it. I think the fans get used to it too. And I, I, I would be surprised if there's a wholesale uh, turnaround there, wholesale makeover. I don't think that's what they're going to do. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, two or three key players at key positions are are. are in those positions next year where they weren't this year. I wouldn't be surprised if there are four new starters on defense. I mean, it might not happen, but if it did, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's a four out of 11. That's a, that's a sizable number. Well, so where would you make the changes? Where would you, and I'm not just no, I'm just saying saying, it's a possibility. You might have a new linebacker. It's a possibility. You're going to have a new tackle. It's a possibility you have a new cornerback, and it's a possibility you'll have a new safety. Well, I'd be surprised if there's not a new cornerback, and I wouldn't be surprised if there are two new cornerbacks. And look, look I've just started working on this this year's draft in the last week or so, and and it is really it it's top heavy with with cornerbacks and safeties to some degree. So I think uh, with that sixth pick overall, I wouldn't be surprised. If the Detroit Lions went for a cornerback, or it could be a defensive tackle too. But I'm burning it down. Me. I'm burning it down if they take a corner at six. Well, I'm burning do. it down because the, no. Well, we'll get back to the corner finish. I'm, you know, you know how I feel about cornerbacks in the top ten. So what? I, what do you mean? So what? 
<laughs> don't think? overvalue a cornerback, the position where they get hurt the most, and if he ain't special, he's not oh, a top ten. If he's not Deion Sanders, Patrick Peterson, or uh, a Darrell Rivas type, don't do it because you you got a number three pick in the draft right now on your team, and he's adequate at best right now. Oh, Ken, come on. You just have this thing about cornerbacks. I got, I do because they got to be able to score touchdowns or take them off the board, not just be good fundamentally sound players that you don't have to worry about. That, not for a top – Especially a top five pick, but top ten, uh, Mike, this is a big man's game. Take the talented big man over the talented small guy any day. Okay, then you wouldn't have had Jair Alexander with the Green Bay Packers, tremendous player, drafted, I think, 18th overall four years ago, five years ago. What number did you Pretty say? Good player. What number did you I say? Think it was, I think 18. It was 18. No problem. Yeah. No problem after 10. No problem after ten. Well, what if he, he he's a good player? He could have been dra- he, he would have done the same thing if he was drafted second, third. Yeah, but fifth, I no 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 second. I don't think he's worth the second. I don't think he's worth a top. There were players better he, he in the top been the team. Same player. Yeah, but you would have got another player at another position of higher value, Mike. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the player itself. I'm talking about what you need for a team. To me, if I can get a talented tackle, it's better than a talented corner. Unless it's a Deion Sanders type, the talented tackle will do more for your team than the talented corner. This is history, Kenny. This was this is history. We're making history here. We're calling the twenty twenty three draft a failure before they've even drafted a player. No, I'm not going to failure, but I'm just. <laughs> I see the mock draft like Daniel Brugler put the draft out, and he had him taking the Colorado. Dane Brugler, he had him taking the Colorado cornerback. And, you know, I, I saw him Christian, play. Christian Gonzalez? Yeah, I saw him play. He's not worth a top six pick. Well, I think there was six. I don't know if he moved down a couple spots in his draft or whatever Whatever it was. He's not. He's, no, no, no. I would take a quarterback in the top ten before I took a cornerback in the top ten in this 2023 well, draft. Not, yeah, well, what about top six? I mean, yeah, it's easy to say top ten. But well, top six. Top six. They I would, take, I would take a quarterback as a backup than take a cornerback, especially since I got 18. And I can get, like you say, this is a deep draft in corners. You can get corners with the second-round picks and the second first-round pick if you need one. But you're not going to, when you're not, hopefully this is the last year you're going to be drafting in the top 10 for a while. Get get somebody that's. Well, well, just a second. They, they aren't, they're not drafting in the top 10. That pick is for the Los Angeles Rams pick. That's not the Detroit Lions pick. No, Mike, Mike, they're, they're Mike, Detroit, look, you're not listening. Can you just let me finish? No, because you're, you're taking no, out what I said. They're, they're still they're drafting, drafting in the top 10. 10. It's but just they're, they're, they're drafting with another pick that they received. Okay, just make that clear. Well, everybody knows that. I mean, this ain't football 101. Everybody knows where the pick came from. We know it's the Rams pick. But my point is, you're not going to be – you hopefully are not going to be in this position again to draft that low. You Hopefully you don't have a bad season where you're going to draft in the top 10. So use that pick like, you know, like it's a trump card, like you got an extra card. Don't take the safe pick with it. Go shoot for the shoot for the moon with that pick. It's well, a free pick. Well, yeah. You're talking about the sixth pick. Yeah. It's a free pick. It's a pick that was given to you. Take advantage of it. Well, it wasn't given to you. You had to give up a player. No, I'm just talking about the way it ended them being six because usually the Ram, when the trade was made, the reason why they got two first-round picks is because with the Rams being good, we thought those they even the Rams thought I'm giving two twenty-something picks away, you know, and, and Jared Goff. 
Turns out they had a bad season. Now that pick is a, a golden pick. It's your golden ticket. Use it. Take a player that you know you might not have a chance to get in the other draft. You know, I'm sort of tempted to take cornerbacks with every pick in my mark. Yeah. I know, yeah. And like you say, Mike, what position gets hurt the most, too? It's just oh, defensive back. Yeah, yeah. it's just, a, like I said, man, you want to pick to stay on the field, too. And the big guys will stay on the field longer than the little guys. But, look, whatever Brad Holmes wants to do, I'm not going to argue with him because he's had success the first two years except for one pick. And I, and that's an injury situation, which he, Anzarike may eventually play for this team. If he well, does, hope so. yeah, if he does, round, yeah, and that's a tackle that, matter of fact, the tackle we're talking about getting is, I think, what they thought Anzarike was going to be when they drafted him. Am I right? That's the position that we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, he was a yeah, he was projected as a as a late first round pick. Right, but I'm saying if he would have panned round. out, that's the missing tackle. We had. him and the guy that retired are the missing tackles that I think would have helped that team this year. Um, Penasini. And, uh, you know, those guys, yeah, yeah Penasini would have helped this team this year, too. And I really hope, he, hope yeah. he comes back. You know, I think that you keep the rights to him, don't you? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I hope I one day so. he comes back. I mean, he was a nice fill-in guy, you, you, good player. So, anyway, that's it. But we got the draft coming up. Hopefully those quarterbacks go in the first three and leave. There's, there's um, some drafts where Mike Anderson, the linebacker from Alabama, or Carter from Georgia, the D-tackle, Fall to six. And I think that the Lions would jump to the – you thought they went up fast last year for the pick. I think they would jump to go up there to get one of those two. Well, which one would you which one would you rather have, the edge rusher or the, or the tackle? On talent alone, I'd rather have a tackle, but there's been some reports that it might be a little attitude thing going so that you do your homework on it. But I, I want the clean prospect, whichever one is the cleanest. But if, they, if they're both the same and both clean, I'd rather go tackle first because you already got uh, – a good enough edges right now. You got to clog that middle. No, nope, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Shockingly. <laughs> and I'm taking a quarterback in this draft too, because you know how I feel about backup quarterback. And I don't, after the sixth pick, I don't have a problem taking a quarterback with any other pick they have. So you take it at 18, first round pick. If the right one is there and you okay. scout it. Well, and, the answer is yes. Don't, don't, don't. Well, if the right one's there, I'm not going to like take a third round talent in this at 18. But yeah, if the right don't, one don't is there. Awful. You're going to do it. <laughs> I would do it. This I wouldn't have down. a problem okay. with it. I would not have okay. a problem with it. I would not have a problem with it. But like I said, I, to address what we were talking about, Mike, would you want to take a big financial fly? at a free agent first before we get to the draft? Or how do you want to fill out the free agency? Just fill in with free decent agency, players? It's, well, you're going, to get, you're, going to get, you're going to get some players, okay? You're going to get guys like DJ Chark and, and those kind of players. Do you consider those, you know, I mean, how you, how you rate their value? I think DJ Chark had value. He got hurt, limited his value, but I, I'd want him a player like that back. I certainly would. You want to take the big swing at any free agents, though? Oh, no, the big swing, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of positions I said that I, depending on free agency, you draft, like the right guard position. I, I like that to be settled. I like to put an all-star line in, and whether it's Big V or if you go out and get a rookie or a free agent, I like them to seal that right guard position up and have it set before you go to camp. Because to me, if you get that one together, that line you'll you, you'll you'll play you'll be in every game 
because the line is going to keep you at every game. I mean, they're already good. They're already good, they're but already, that's the one. That's yeah. the weak spot of that line. And it's not. It's, in all fairness, they haven't played their starting offensive line together in two years. It's been two years now. They've never played the five that they thought were going to play together. Have not played one down. You know, in the in the regular season. Yeah, but even then they had a thousand yard rusher who right. scored seventeen touchdowns. Still good. And but they I'm, also had the fewest gave up the fewest sacks in the league. Still good, so, no doubt. But still good. They're guard. They're a guard away from being dominant. I mean, dominant. And when that happens, you think golf played good last year? <laughs> Thinking it was good last year, you just wait. Because you know the one thing about Stafford when he was playing. A lot of years, man, that pressure up the middle was his his bugaboo. Oh, absolutely. You know, he just had to get rid of the ball. It was just coming. It was coming from everywhere. You don't get that now. You know, golf gets it. He's pretty good in that pocket. He had some problems last year not stepping up around, you know, as the ends would come around. But he fixed that. And, he, like I said, it was a, it was a candy and a baby for most of the season out there. So fix that up. Go into the draft. You can add your players, and I know you're working on your draft now. So I've, I've, I, I, I can tell by your talking, you're looking defense, bro. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't go defense. What about a running back? Uh, second or third round, something like that. And you know what? I, I you can get you can get a contributing running back in in in, uh, in free agency. Also, you know, I'll go back on the running backs to what you know our good friend Rick Goslin. You know, one of the draft gurus been around a long time has said this, and it's true. He says you can get a starting thousand yard rusher in every round, one through seven, and you can also get a flat in every round. That running back is the hardest to predict. Sure, to hold to hold form, it really is. No, you're right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Free agency might be a better place to get one than the draft, or draft them one lower after you, you the third know. round. Yeah. Now, one last thing before we get out of here. The situation in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, everybody's talking about it now. Yeah. There was somebody on line today, one of the writers, put up a uh, proposed trades for uh, Lamar had three trades. One of them was the Lions trade. and But there was a lot to give up. They wanted you had to give up th- six, 18, one of the second rounders, and some pick next year, I think. Maybe it was even the first next year for Lamar Jackson. I already know what you're going to say, but I just have to put it out there for the uh, mega spear here. Would you consider trading for Lamar Jackson? I would jump off the Ambassador Bridge when the river is frozen before I would do that. <laughs> now, you'd asked me this question last year. <laughs> I was all in because I think we even talked about this last year. Yeah. That Lamar Jackson might be available next year because he's not signing a contract and it'd be great to do. Last year, I was all in on it, Mike. I was like, you get him in that offense and it's dynamite. Right now, I would I I would trade for him, but I wouldn't give him more than one first rounder for him. Uh, you know what? I would I would stick with what I have if I'm the Lions. And I don't have a problem with that. I agree. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. But I would not give up multiple first rounds for Lamar Jackson. Now, with what I have. Because I know what I got. Is Lamar Jackson a better player than Jared Goff? I think so. Is he better for that offense than Jared Goff? Could be. But I got the bird in the hand. And like – uh, Brad Hope said, it's easy to get worse at quarterback than get better. Yes, it is. So, with, I'm sticking with golf, but I want that backup because, like I said, 
every quarterback misses games, and I don't want to get in a situation where I'm playing that quarterback Huntley, like from Baltimore, and and the guy from Miami, Skylar Thompson. I don't want to get in that situation, even though they acquitted themselves. But I don't want to get in that situation. I want a guy that can win a game for me. No, I agree with you. I think it, and 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 Brad Holmes said that that he did not do a good job on on the backup quarterback position. It's more important than than. Yeah. Didn't really the way they treated it. He got away with it though. He, he got away with it this year. They didn't. Well, sort of. This year, Su- yeah. Yeah, Suffield didn't yeah. Uh, do anything but kneel downs. I believe. Uh, did he ever throw a pass? I don't think he got one. I don't think he, threw, he, he played some snaps. He played snap, but I don't think he threw anything. No, just to yeah. run the ball out, yeah. run the game out. So. All right, Mike. That's when we wrap it. Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, season. Uh, we talked about the season ending. Any final thoughts on what's going on, Lion wise? Uh, oh, I got well, one I- more thing to say too. Go ahead. I think the Lions are going to have new uniforms next year. I was looking at this. Uh, you know, they requested them last year, and they were authorized that they could get them this year. I don't know if you heard anything about that over over your way, but I think they're going to do new uniforms this year. Uh, that would not surprise me. And I also do it in terms of in, in, to go with the uniforms. I want to see numbers on the backs of those jerseys that people can read. But yeah, that okay. goes exactly. Have them go back to Something white. You can white go back to white lettering, white numbers. That's fine. There's no problem with that. And the four field will be different next year too. Yes, right. Yeah, that's it. They're renovating a lot of that, a lot of that stadium. That might, might, you know, it's the playing field and all that other stuff. Some of it might not be noticeable right away to the fans, but it really will change the dynamics of that place. All right. Well, Mike, we'll cover our next week. We'll talk a little more as we get toward the uh, end of the season. Uh, you'll have the final four by next week too. Um, I'm just going. I don't want to. Go game to game with you, but there's one team that impressed you in each conference. One team, you know, I'm surprised how well that the Cowboys played. It really was. I didn't, I didn't see that in it, but they played a team that was shot. They were playing the Washington yeah, Generals. Yeah. They were playing yeah, the Washington Generals, yeah. and Metal Lark Lemon was uh, playing on the other side. That All right, one. last one. Okay, last one from me. Okay, mm-hmm. have we seen the last of Tom Brady? As a Tampa Bay Buck, yes. As a player, no, player I think he's going to play again next year, but it won't be okay. with Tampa Bay. And I'll tell you the teams as the weeks go on, but I, it's a team I think he's going to play for, and that team will have a favor will be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year too. Mm. No, but I'm looking at I'm telling you right now the teams that impressed me so far haven't played yet. I'm not I wasn't impressed with Buffalo. I think Cincinnati and Kansas City are the teams that um, have impressed me up to this point. I thought point. the New York Giants. I think I thought the New York Giants played better than expected. Now, are they the Super Bowl winners? No, but they played better. Yeah, but they also played Minnesota. Okay, but they played better. Yeah, right, right. I don't. We got to see this week. Was it Minnesota or was it them? Because uh, Minnesota, to me, was the fraud team of the year. Forget the record, and we saw it. We saw it both games with the Lions. Well, I don't think that detracts from anything the Giants did. No, I agree. The Giants got better. Daniel Jones has gotten much better than when we played him. So, what do you think? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be in Green Bay next year? Yes, of course. I say no. We're going to keep these on. We're going to keep these down too, so we can remember. I say he will not be in Green Bay next year. I hope he is, so they can beat him again. <laughs> well, you know, I love beating that Green Bay. You know, how I feel about yeah. Green Bay. All right, Mike, that's it for this week. We'll wrap it up, and we'll join us again next week when we do more Lions talk. Uh, Have a good week, Mike. Are you writing this week for DetroitLions.com? 
Uh, we'll see if it, if, it, if it warrants it. All right. We don't just put any. Tim, Tim Twentyman does such a great job. They don't need me most of the time. Okay. That's fine. Anything you want to – well, is Tim putting stuff out this week? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll position previews all right. and all that. Yeah, go all take right. a look. That's a good team. All right, well, check out DetroitLions.com. Here's here on WGR Radio any day during the week, 5 to 7, Mitch Album Show. All right, that's it for today, Mike. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week.